Hey everyone, welcome to the Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe, and this is going to be episode 193 with designer Joyce Ho. Joyce joins us and talks about her day-to-day routine. We talk a little bit about you know, her latest creative projects and what excites her about her projects. We talk about where she comes from and how she made the trip all the way from Australia and her humble beginnings in the city of Brisbane to out to the U.S. city of New York City and just her love of the city and how it inspires her and her work and all that good stuff. We talk a bit about her big breaks in her career and, and where they came from and how she, you know, recognized them and, and also, you know, taking a risk and approaching people and acquiring really cool projects and things that really showcase her skill set and, you know, working with others and teamwork and all that great stuff. Um, we took a talk a bit about um, her process and her work on semi-permanence title and all kinds of great stuff. This is a really great episode. Lots of really fun, useful tips in this one. It's also great to get to know Joyce a bit more and know what inspires her and motivates her through her day to day. So this is going to be episode 193 with Joyce Ho. Let's roll. you for coming on the show appreciate it oh thanks for having me yeah it's like me here no it's 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 cool as we were talking earlier i uh i kind of go in my own bubble and i put my head down and i work a lot and then i come up for moments and then i um i know your work because we know from similar people and you've worked with similar people and um but i got a chance to really go through and really um just study your work and see your work over the past couple of weeks when we got introduced. And I was really excited to talk with you because your work has uh, this level to it that I really appreciate. And I can tell it's something that, you know, there's a real difference that for me, at least when I observe another artist's work, when you can tell that they're really caring about what they're doing, or there's a, there's a level of um, devotion to the work. And I feel that within your work and it's, um, I don't know, it's, it's one of those things that's unspoken and maybe it's just my interpretation of it, but um, yeah, it's really nice, really beautiful stuff. And thank you. Cool. <laughs> that's very nice of you to say. Yeah, well, um, thank you for making your yeah. work because it's inspirational. So <laughs> thanks. <laughs> you know, like I'm kind of like you, I just kind of like head down and do, my own thing and really never really think about what other people might think of my work. So it's always such a pleasure and uh, almost like a little surprise when people say they've seen my work or, you know, they find it really inspiring. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Isn't that a great feeling though? I love that. It's, it's, yeah. like a weird, it's like a weird humbling feeling like, oh, okay. I didn't even know you knew who I was. <laughs> totally, <laughs> <You know>? totally. <clears throat> I think that's um, really good to have that. It's a good trait to have. Yeah. Well, yeah. To be humble is definitely a great trait. Yeah. It's one of those things that I think that it kind of, uh, as a, there's a saying I always think about when it comes to like being an artist at a really high level, I feel it's like you have to have your feet on the ground, which is being humble, but then you also have to have your head in the clouds, which is like thinking big and, and, and being big and, 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 and creating big, you know? So, um, it's a difficult balance though, because, Sometimes you can float away and then you see the egomaniacs kind of float away off into (laughs) (laughs) and getting, getting caught up in like what other people are doing as well. Yeah. Do you, do you find yourself fighting that kind of thing in, in, in your own life? Like looking at what people are doing. I mean, I know you mentioned that you kind of go into your own world. Is that a discipline action or were you always like this? 
Uh, it's definitely more of like a, a conscious decision because I know that I do personally get caught up into, you know, social media and like Instagram scrolling. And, um, as much as like, it's really useful for me to like, um, be inspired by other people's work. It's also like personally, I, um, struggle with like comparing myself to others. And I feel like a lot of people have the same, uh, uh, conflict. Yeah. Yeah, that's a definite thing. And I think it's, <clears throat> there's levels of it that I find in my own self that I feel is, is, is it's healthy to have that because it's good to be self-aware of what's around yeah. you, but it also creates a lot of like weird emotions like jealousy and, or like, um, like, uh, what's that one? Imposter syndrome is really kind yeah. of strikes people quite a bit too, but, um, yeah, it's, and I, I find myself, I try to avoid that as well. Like the, social media loophole and like seeing what other people are doing. It's like a, it's a fine line, I guess for me. And, and it sounds like you're probably the same way. It's like being, you have to somewhat be disciplined of it. Do you, do you find yourself, do you, are you on all this different social medias? I know you're on Instagram. Do you do, are you big on Twitter? Like where do you end, end up putting a lot of your time in social media? Uh, I, I, I put a lot of time in my uh, Instagram, uh, I, Twitter, Twitter's a harder one for me to get into. Just yeah. I'm like, I guess I'm not like, obviously we're visual people. So I feel like I'm more swayed towards the Instagram route. I think Instagram is probably like a perfect platform for people like ourselves. If only the resolution is better, but <laughs> <laughs> that's probably it. But it, it's kind of like a really kind of an interesting melting pot that and the algorithm is kind of interesting too, as well as like how much, it, what it feeds you and how you work in that, live in that kind of social like uh, ecosystem which is quite interesting do you use facebook much or have you stopped using that one no i've completely (laughs) yeah i stopped using that i use that like talk to my parents in australia yeah i think i'm gonna probably get off of it soon i've completely like especially after this like whole thing with like the presidential elections and stuff and how they sold all this information it was really quite quite gross so i'm like (laughs) like you know black mirror vibes yeah it's uh i mean uh it's i love that show because of that reason like it's us thinking about like really what's happening and and how much time we spend in these things and are we really living a life rather than you know fictitious experiences and stuff which is i don't know it's always kind of scary i guess but at the same time, it's they're, they're, the tool is used both ways, right? It's like used to inspire, but it can also be used as a weapon too, which is like such a bummer. <laughs> but, yeah. But I really enjoy like um, I'm right there with you. Like I really enjoy Instagram and I feel like Instagram, um, even though it's doing the same kind of stuff, it's, it just seems like it's a little bit easier for people like ourselves who are visually like stimulated to be get excited and all that stuff. So. But, for sure. Yeah. Where did you get your start? Like, that's a, one thing I wanted to get to kind, of, kind of know where this all came from. Were your parents creatives? Uh, is there somebody in your life that showed you design or showed you art? No, not really. I mean, my parents, both my parents were teachers. Okay. Um, what subjects did they teach? So they taught a high school in Hong Kong when um, we still live there. Uh, my My mom taught Chinese and history and my dad was... Uh, the vice principal and he taught like computer science when that was a thing Hmm. Um, and all of like the math and science uh, subjects. So um, I, I don't like, I feel like I'm kind of the black sheep of the family like Hmm. because my brother is also 
um, he works in tech, so he's not uh, like a creative type. Older or um, younger brother? He's an older brother. He's like nine years older than me. Oh, wow. That's a big gap. My brother's <laughs> seven years older, and I, I feel like that was a lot. Yeah, it's a big gap. So he's always been kind of like a half-parent, like a very uh, protective or, or older brother. Hmm. Um, That's but how, Yeah, how I got my start. I don't know. I've always kind of been like a really uh, creative kid. Like I really love to draw and like make things out of paper. And um, I was like lucky enough to be able to watch a lot of television as a kid. Mm. So I watched a lot of cartoons and it was like my favorite part of the day just to like come home from school to watch, you know, uh, the after school cartoons that were on TV. And I feel like immersing myself in like almost like other realities was something I really, really enjoyed doing. And I, as I grew up, like I kind of never grew out of that. Like I still really love to watch TV and really love to watch uh, movies. Um, and when I got into, you know, high school, my favorite subjects were always art and graphic. And, um, when I finally went to university, I studied a fine arts course with a major in animation. Okay. And, uh, that was kind of like, the like I was kind of in between two routes because uh, I really enjoy some aspects of animation, but then I also, on the other hand, really enjoyed graphic design because I'd kind of dabbled my doubled a little bit in design and like doing a bit of logos for my brother and uh, little things here and there. So I was kind of in between two two paths, like whether to be actually become an animator or like a graphic designer. Um, and then there was this one subject in university called motion design. And it was like, that was it. Like that was my intro to everything I loved about animation, everything I loved about design altogether, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Awesome. And, yeah. It was kind of like, uh, knowing I didn't even know motion design existed before <laughs> that subject, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. And it was like a really, I, I know opener and I knew that this was something that was, like perfect for me. Um, and yeah, I've kind of like n- haven't looked back since really. That's great. That's yeah. cool. I mean, it just kind of captured you and it took you then that's great. seems yeah. like you just, I mean, when you find your calling and find, you find a purpose or a thing that resonates with you that strongly, it's kind of like time just kind of fades away and you just live within that realm. And it's just like you're existing basically like you find yeah. your existence almost, you know, wouldn't you agree? Totally, totally. And I feel like I'm always I'm I'm really grateful that I found that that thing I was passionate about very, very early on. Yeah. As well. And having like a family, um, my parents and my brother have always been really supportive of like my creative ambitions and they've never really they've always encouraged me to go after it, do something I love, not because it would, you know, earn me a, a shitload of money one day, it's just because, you know, it was something I enjoy. So I'm really grateful that I have my family as a support from like, you know, (laughs) ever since I was a kid, really. That's really, that's so important. It's so essential for people that are trying to do this kind of stuff because it's so difficult if you're doing it by yourself, it just makes it even that much harder. If you can overcome that adversity, you become a real powerful person, I think, but it's makes it so much easier to just focus on things without having to focus on like, you know, how am I going to pay the bills or, my dad thinks I I suck or whatever, yeah. you know, 
because that can really hinder the creative spirit in certain ways too. But yeah, at the end of the day though, if you have the drive, it'll, it'll work out and that's it really because it almost always does for everybody that I've ever studied. It always works out. So there's a couple of things that you mentioned that I would love to talk about a little bit more extrapolate. Um, Never really got me not having a job or anything. What's that? Uh, that my parents never really worried about me like not earning money from this. They knew that I would make it work. Yeah, there you go. And that support is so it's so it's so important, you know, which is yeah. like super rare too to have that, which is gotta commend your parents for that. And that's probably comes from them being teachers too. They probably had a lot more empathy for the student like spirit, probably. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's a unique thing too. It's, it's so important who, who creates you and who raises you is such a, such has such an important impact on who you become. It's something that it's like, uh, yeah, it's a really challenging job to be a parent and a good parent at that. It was really unique. So that's really cool to hear. So one of the things I was going to ask you about is when you said you were growing up, you were really into like, you know, different realities and like television and, and, and movies and stuff. Are there some things that like some moments when you were experiencing these like television shows or something like, is there a particular movie or, or show or series that comes to mind when you were, you were growing up that really kind of struck you? Uh, it's, it's super, it, it's kind of like a little nerdy for me to say, but one of my favorite cartoons growing up was Captain Planet. Yeah. Captain Did Planet. you ever watch it? Yeah, I watched that. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know no, why. Let's say this, this Captain Planet. He's our, I remember this the theme song and everything. That's when yeah. they had really good theme songs back then too. Oh, I know. It's like the oh, it was what made it the best, really. <laughs> singing along to the song and the rap at the end. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Trying to be hip. Trying yeah. to be hip. Yeah. It was like the first cartoon that had like a kind of a moral message, which was kind of yeah. interesting too. Yeah. I, I I actually don't actually. Well, I kind of know why I liked it. I think it was just the serial nature of it. Like it was one of the rare uh, cartoons that actually had a really like epic plot line. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the all the cartoons that day were always always very like um, one one episode arc, and then everything would go back to normal. Yeah, so I feel like this was like the. Yeah, it just captured me in a way. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, and, and even if you said like you're like you're saying it's kind of nerdy or you're somewhat ashamed, it's like it doesn't matter. It's it's what you're inspired by. So that's all that yeah. really matters, you know, which is cool because it's it all comes down to what whatever motivates you becomes your taste, really, you know, and like you take all that stuff and compile it down. And then later years later, it's like it's influencing you without you knowing it subconsciously, which is kind of interesting as well. So there's Captain Planet. Did you, were you ever into like Carmen Sandiego? I think that's one of the other shows. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that was a good one. That was like, that was really good television for kids back then, I think. There was Nickelodeon was really big. Yeah. And yeah. Warner Brothers, I think, had a lot of fun shows. There was like Tailspin, I think, as well. But that's not like, you know, it wasn't like Captain Planet. Um, there was also, I remember my favorite cartoon growing up was... Uh, the the batman series like um, oh, batman yeah. the animated series was so so well done it was so, so yeah. nice is there I, any other shows that you can remember like that pokemon. <laughs> what's that i really like pokemon oh yeah pokemon i rem- i would watch that religiously every morning but it was weird because i was quite old for it i was like a 
probably a freshman in high school and I like, and I, every time I'd wake up in the morning, I'd turn it on while I'd like lay in bed and watch Pokemon <laughs> and then I'd get on my bike and ride my bike to go meet up with my friends. And then we would like ride the skate park and do a bunch of jumps and stuff and then go to school. But they would always be like, Oh, what happened in Pokemon? Like making fun of me. And then I got one of my friends into it. It's addicting, that stuff. It's very addicting. <laughs> yeah, and then you play the game and you're hooked, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I never played the game. I was always afraid it would be too much. So <laughs> so there's Pokemon. How about movies? Was there some films that like uh, really inspired you growing up? I um, Actually, my first movie ever was Lion King. Oh, okay. Yeah. I saw it when it was out of the cinemas when I was six. And um, it was amazing as a six-year-old you know yeah yeah it's it's a big it's a big film there's a lot yeah. of dynamics in that film too considering yeah. how his like spoiler alert if you haven't seen it but his dad passes away and all that stuff so. <laughs> if you haven't seen lion king by heavy. now then I, it's heavy for a disney cartoon yeah yeah but i mean every good story has weight like that which is which makes it unique and it has like the good singing and all that stuff too it's classic disney film um Later on in life, did you, is there other films that kind of impacted you in a certain way that kind of helped shift or mold you as an artist? Um, to this day, like my favorite movie of all time is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, that movie is so good. Uh, uh, it's like so heavy. I know. It's hard to watch sometimes. It is. But I, when I saw that movie, it would kind of just blew my mind in like, not not in the sense of like obviously the plot is really really good but just how he told that story was amazing it's very there's no film like it no it's, and it's, like it's, how Michelle Gondry's great yeah and just how he told that story in a such a one non-linear way that like at the end just like made complete sense was just yeah every yeah. time through a breakup I watch it <laughs> Oh no! That's, that's oh, why. Why would you do that? You put salt in the wound. It's bad. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really good. It's it's it captures that 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 feeling. The everything so well. Um, yeah, it's that film really hit me heavy at a certain time in my life where I was not ready for it, and I was like, oh man, <laughs> it's so good though. But it's definitely I can appreciate it more than ever now. Um, as a, even just as a film too, but it's re- that's a really good one. There's a lot of lessons to learn from that film too, just as a piece of art too, about just being authentic and he completely had his own agenda, yeah. which makes it a, that unique, you know, thing. Just so good. When you're looking back at your career thus far, can you recall recall any kind of um, like breakthroughs or big breaks or or, or things that you? Um, like, a, you know, somebody took a chance on you or gave you a position or a job or reached out to you. Can you, can you think of anything off the top of your head? Yeah, I, I've, I've had many breaks and I've been really lucky to um, have, have many opportunities where um, I've been lucky to learn something or someone giving me a chance. Um, one of the examples I would say is um, doing the titles for Analog Digital in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um this was the one with the the double exposure aesthetic. Yeah. Um, and it was actually like one of my first uh, jobs that I led at my uh, the, at my old work in Brisbane. And actually my first title sequence as well. 
And it was just like a really, really great project in the sense of uh, everyone really enjoyed working together. You know, it kind of just flowed really organically. And uh, when we had finished it, we kind of knew that we had made something special as well. Um, So it was just such a, yeah, it was such a great opportunity for me to learn and a great break in my career because it got really um, popular on the internet and it kind of led to other jobs coming in and that's how I met Pat as uh, Pat Clare and uh, why he invited you know our team at Breeder to help out on True Detective so it was yeah it was like a kind of like one thing led to another and I would say yeah this is probably one of, one of my favorite projects today. Awesome. I love that. That's so great to hear too. And I could see that too. And a lot of people, I remember when True Detectives came out and obviously when it came out, that title really kind of in our little world, uh, the, our little ecosystem of design, it really shook everything up. And But I remember, I recall a lot of people remembering this title because I believe this, obviously this was first. And so taking this muse and then putting it into um, the um, the title sequence for True Detectives, it was really cool to see where it came from and then where it went, which is really awesome as well. So, and the double exposure look is obviously super beautiful. So that's really awesome. That's cool. And that's cool that you, um, that it all kind of worked together for you and your team. That's awesome. It's like the best feeling when things align like that, because it's kind of a rare thing that happens. It's probably like the, the, the the exception to the rule, actually. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. The other day I was watching Seven. I haven't seen it for like a year or so. I usually watch it every year or so because it's just a, a an important film. It's really heavy. But um, that's why I only watch it once a year. But the title came on and I used to work with Kyle and I was just thinking about him and like and, and the people that, that put that title sequence together and how, how everything lined up, you know. It's yeah. like an amazing an amazing director that was proving himself and then this incredible story and these incredible actors and this whole experience. And then the title sequence and how, how important it was for our community and how impactful it was and the trends that it set and like how insane that was. And yeah, it was just, it was, it was for me, it was quite crazy to watch it. Cause I was like, wow, sometimes everything aligns, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Jack, right time, right people. Yeah. Which is really cool. Like it's definitely, it's a very unique thing, you know, which is really cool. So that's so this project was one of them. Those that one of the big breaks was the analog, digital, the the Brisbane. Is that am I pronouncing it right? I'm my American yet. <laughs> Brisbane, Brisbane, yeah. Brisbane, yeah. Brisbane. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because I would say, I think in America we'd say Brisbane, Brisbane. Yeah. yeah. Brisbane. Okay, cool. But yeah, I know that's that's awesome to hear. And so. You led that one, right? You were the creative director on that project? Yes, yeah. Very cool. And so that from that project, and, and this is also, I think, was that when Pat and Raul, well, Raul's been in Australia the whole time. He's a Melbourne guy, I think, right? I think yeah, he's in Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah, and hopefully I'm saying that right too. But, but Patrick, <laughs> Patrick, is, was this when Patrick moved over to Elastic? Was he living in, in the States at that time? Uh, so True Detective was his first uh, job at Elastic. Yeah, so he was based in LA at the time, and we were uh, our small team in Brisbane 
were just helping out on a few shots, doing some compositing. So we had a we had a small role in True Detective, but I learned uh, a a lot from Pat just you know over the, the last like the few weeks that I did work with him. And yeah. it's I think the best thing out of that project was just to um, yeah, meet him honestly <laughs> and yeah. have that connection that I've. Uh, really uh luckily kind of um still have with him which is great that's awesome yeah. he's a great guy yeah very powerful creative too like such he's like a powerhouse sheesh lovely <laughs> yeah and he's very humble and like um this is again it's quite rare you know so and yeah. he's just really uh super hard working and i would well, say which... he's like uh very generous as well yes with his with his knowledge with his advice with his time um, so yeah, super appreciative of him. Got to, got to love people like that. Cause they're kind of rare and, and to do that. And that's also really important for you to learn that lesson for everybody too, to work with somebody that's like that, who's gracious in their, in their, like a, their approach to, to their art and sharing things. It's yeah. like, because honestly, at the end of the day, that is really how you win. Um, you know, like you don't win by like hoarding everything. Totally. Yeah. yeah, like giving is is really the is, it really defines you and and everything that you end up eventually become. I think so. That's awesome. Is there another break that you can think of that kind of opened you up to different opportunities? Um, I would say my very first job at uh, Breda, uh, which was my first studio job out of university. That was another big break because mm. um, growing up in Brisbane. I don't know if you know much about Brisbane, but uh, Brisbane's not really. I know everything <laughs> about it. No, yeah. I have no clue. I don't even yeah. know. So most people know, obviously, Sydney and Melbourne. So Brisbane is the third largest city in Australia. Um, it's about like an hour north in a plane from Sydney in like the tropical state, um, sunshine state, as we call it. And, you know, I love Brisbane. It's like, obviously it's my hometown and where I grew up. Uh, but it's, it's small, you know, like the creative industry is, is developing. It's not as, as big as Sydney and Melbourne. So I was very lucky to ha- like find a, a studio job at a motion studio in my hometown. And I was very close to moving to Melbourne, which is what most Brisbane people do unfortunately. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, they congregate. Yeah. And so I owe a lot to Brito, my first job. And it's, it's kind of there where I discovered like what I like to do and what I didn't like to do. So yeah. And that obviously led to all the amazing projects that I did uh, work on during my time there. So yeah, awesome. I feel like that was a big part of my uh, creative uh, path. Yeah. Shout out to that first studio too, yeah. for hiring you and bringing you in. So there you go. And all your colleagues and stuff from there. That's cool. Yeah. yeah I'm looking at pictures. It looks like cute, like a nice little city though. It's like, like a coastal town, huh? Yeah. Cool. It's, it's like, I would say like San Diego, kind of. you know, they kind yeah, of it's drive everywhere. Than... It's expensive. It's sunny all the time. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. It kind of looks like San Diego in a way too. A little bit bigger though. Yeah. San Diego is kind of small. Awesome. Have you been on to San Diego before? I haven't. No. Would you recommend it? 
Yeah, San Diego is great. It's a cool city. Um, I mean, it's where I live, basically. I don't live in the city proper, but uh, the city's cool. Um, but again, it's not like, well, I don't know. I think the whole thing's changed. There'll probably be something we'll get into in a minute here, but like um, where you think, you know, where where all this is going, where, because I remember when I was starting out like eight years ago or when I wanted to do this stuff eight or nine years ago, um, it was all about like make a company, you know, yeah. work for a company. Now I feel like, the power is really going into the, into the individual or individual teams or clusters of people that aren't, don't necessarily aren't represented by a studio, but are represented by like a collective group of people or people like, you know, if you think about like Patrick Clare and his name and what it means in our industry now, yeah. you know, he's almost, he's a brand of, of his own or people or, you know, these guys who are like, they have the acclaim of studios once were, once were, you know? So totally. what do you think of that? Um, I, I totally agree. Like I, like for me, I've never really had the the drive to actually open my studio and my own studio. Um, yeah. And why is that? I don't know. I, oh, actually I do know. It's <laughs> the business side of things never really appealed to me. Um, yeah. Same. I, yeah. Like running a business, uh, boring. <laughs> seem really hard work, to be honest. That's what I mean too by boring. Yeah. Meaning I don't want to do it. <laughs> uh, like it kind of from like just being on the outside, witnessing people run their business. Like it kind of like they don't have time to actually do the creative work, which is what I what I want to keep doing and what I love to do. So that's yeah. probably why I never really had that urge. Yeah, it's a hundred percent that I think I'm the same way too. Cause I'm just like, mm, nah, I'm not into it because it's just, yeah, it, it, it's like your challenge in a way that isn't like design. I guess it is design, but it does, it's not, it's, it's a different type of design. I have friends that love it. They're like all about, you know, being in a business and that the art of it, they really love that part. But, and there's a creative aspect to that in general as well, but I'm just, I, I'm the same way. It doesn't interest me at all. But I really feel that there's a, there, the line, I mean, I, maybe it's just my observation, but in being, uh, been doing this work for such a long time, I feel like it's, it's really changing. Like the industry, the, the focus of things, how things work, how fast commerce becomes like all these extra apps that help like individuals and, and freelancers and people alike. And at the same time, a really great thing about being an individual freelancer is that you don't need to make as much money as a company because you have all that overhead. Yeah. And you could make like, you can work on like two jobs and then you're done for the year and you could just go, okay, well, I've made my net what I need. And then I'm going to go and like sabbatical the whole time and learn new things and travel and experience and become like wealthy in the, in the regards of, uh, you know, becoming like a, you know, a well-balanced person or a good creative and stuff. So, yeah, it's kind of like the, the main reason why I moved to New York is because I wanted to do freelance for that for that exact reason, um, just to have that that freedom really to to call my own shots and to have that all that uh, you know um, time that you can devote to your own things. Yeah, you can't put a price on that, right? Yeah. And that's really where the the true value comes. And I think again, maybe it's just myself because I just live in a, pot, a bubble, and almost everybody I work with are, are all freelancers that work for themselves. And um, I think it's it's like we all really appreciate and love our own freedom. And I'm noticing it too happening in like companies and stuff. There was a 
an article somebody was talking about on a podcast I was listening to about a company, like a big company, a new one that's like really killing it. They don't have like holidays and stuff. They, they don't, and, but the thing is, it's not that it's that they work so that the, the way that it works is they give their employees tasks. And as long as their tasks are done, they can work wherever they want and do when they can, if they can finish their task in two hours in the day, then they don't care. That's awesome. so you can take the rest of the day off to do whatever it is you want to do. As long as your task is yep. done and, and at the level it needs to be done, which I was like, Hmm, it's very cool. Yeah, it's a new form. Really? That's awesome. Hopefully, I think it makes people more fulfilled. You know, wouldn't you think? Yeah, uh, maybe like to have you know to call your own shots. I feel like that's a lot of ownership, you know, to get from your job. Yeah, I think it creates a lot of good individual minds too, which yields really interesting results too. It's a good thing and a bad thing too, right? Because then you have all these people that are like. I don't know, doing weird stuff, I guess. But as long as the as long as the work gets done, your drive to come out to New York, what was that all about? Because I mean, obviously, that's a huge shift yeah. coming from like kind of a small city, not really that small. <laughs> kind of, Brisbane is pretty pretty big looking, actually. When I look at it, it's definitely like the size of San Diego. But then moving all the way out to New York, which is like that's a that's a crazy ass city. Why did you pick that city? I I think I've always I'm always been a city person. Um, I remember coming here as a tourist with my best friend in my early twenties and just, I just knew that I had to live here one day yeah. where, wherever that was. Like I knew that one day I would want to move here and I will make, move, I wanted to move here. And that like that feeling never really left me when I went back to Australia and it kind of like mulled over over a couple of years and, um, you know, got to a stage where, you, you know, you get to a stage where you kind of need to live somewhere else other than your hometown. And as I mentioned, like the typical move is for Brisbane people is to move to Melbourne. And I didn't want to do the typical move. So <laughs> <laughs> I set my sights here. Um, wow. Yeah. And I knew it's a huge move just by yourself too. Just by myself. Yeah. Dang. I, I, I really admire that. That's really, that's really gutsy too. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it's a wild city, especially for like a woman too. It's a wild ass city. <laughs> <laughs> I, I luckily I had one really, really good friend who lived here and that okay, good. all the difference. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's huge. Cause that city will eat you up if you're not careful. I guess like any city, but New York is just on that. It's on another level as you know. Yeah. The energy in that city is crazy. It's got yeah. crazy energy. But I haven't Every, met anyone who's, you know, I've, everyone who I've met have been really welcoming and really lovely. So Awesome. Yeah. I, well, I, I know that it's transformed a lot. When I was a kid, it was very hostile there. But now, like, I've been there. I went there, shoot, when we worked with Neil deGrasse Tyson because Neil's out there. It was, like, maybe two years ago or something. And I was really, like, blown away. We were in, like, Manhattan. And then we were in parts of Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn's quite big spread but um it was crazy there was a lot of like i can't remember we were saying williamsburg or something i can't remember but yeah it was, it was cool like like there was all these like there was like bistros and ice cream trucks on the street yeah. at night and stuff it, was, it felt safe and it was kind of wild and crazy. <laughs> have you ever lived yeah. out here no no well, i've lived i lived all over the, the country but i've never lived in new york but i've lived in boston for quite some time and i love boston have you been to boston yet i haven't no pretty close you could just take a probably a train i don't even know maybe 
but I lived in Vermont and, and a little bit of Maine for a little bit. So that's my East coast, um, experience. And I really like it. I like the East coast. It's kind of wild weather, but yeah, cool. <laughs> yes, my, buddy, my buddy Toros lives out in New York. Have you met, met up with him yet? No, I'm a big fan of his work. Um, oh yeah. You should meet up with him. He's out there. I definitely want to. We we have I'll to introduce you guys. So I should just okay. <laughs> yeah, if you need an intro, just let me know. He's a rad guy and he's out there in New York. So yeah, cool. He loves that city though. It's crazy. But he's also from. He's not from the from the states too. So it's interesting how New York does that. How's the design scene out there? Is it pretty smashing out there? I guess. Oh yeah, definitely. Of- <laughs> Yeah. I, I, again, I don't pay attention, so I don't even know. I mean, I always think that like, um, in our industry, I feel like Los Angeles is kind of the dominant city for it, but I could be completely wrong. Is it New York now? I would say it's New York, but mainly because like, I, I prefer New York. (laughs) Ah, okay. Some city pride there then. Okay. How long you been living there for? Uh, two years. And I feel like, okay, I guess you can claim that. All right. Completely flown by. Yeah. Are you, are you going to, are you planning on staying there for quite some time or is it just like a, a place you're going to be and then you're going to bounce out to somewhere else? I'm, I'm, I'm unsure at the moment. I'll, I'll be here for the next couple of years. Uh, favorite, depending. <laughs> okay. And favorite things to do out in that city? Uh, all of the food. Take yes. Food. I knew you're going to say that. Food. <laughs> yeah. Food's bomb out there. Yeah. Got some favorite spots. It's crazy. The competition in, that re- in, the, in the restaurant business out in New York is insane. So you got to be really, really good yeah. in order to have any kind of claim out there. Yeah. But got a couple of cool restaurants that you like? Uh, a place near me called Okinomi. Um, and they do like this amazing uh, Japanese brunch in the mornings, really? like a really, really traditional one. Um, cool. I, it's a good place to like um, host host your visitors because it's impressive <laughs> hmm. yeah i love japanese food too so yeah that's awesome have you been to japan yet i went uh like ages ago with my family but i love i would love to go back because i feel like i haven't even scratched the surface of that country yeah i was gonna say if you like traveling and, and trying out cities you should definitely go to japan and try to stay there for a little bit because that yeah japan's amazing i love it yeah that, my wife and i are um, our daughter, when she heads off to college, we're going to go stay there for a bit. I think we'll probably split our, our our life between Hawaii, San Diego, and Japan, and then travel everywhere else, too. Oh. That's the goal. Because is- Japan is it's weird. Like, I'm just a white guy from the States, <laughs> but I feel like I'm like, uh, all my, I have a, like, I grew up in Hawaii. So it's like all my friends growing up, and there was like no white people really. So all my friends were like, Filipino, Japanese, or like Hawaiian and Samoan. And so they, uh, I like grew up around that. So all my friends now, like my Filipino friends, they say I'm more Asian than them. And <laughs> they, they all call me like an egg because like yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. white outside, yellow yeah. inside. So that's so <laughs> funny because like semi racist, but that's true. <laughs> that's so funny because I would say I'm, I'm least, I'm not very Asian at all. <laughs> Apart from the fact that I love Asian food. Um, mm. I like, to this day, I still don't know how to hold chopsticks properly, and my grandfather really <laughs> uh, makes fun of me <laughs> when I'm oh, yeah, visiting. I bet. <laughs> well, I think it's all like in, I guess, like how you accept the culture and how it, like it, how it hits you at certain times of your life. I guess you know, and what you're attracted to. Oftentimes, I feel like we're attracted to the things that we don't have, you know. So growing up, I think 
it was that was like a big influence for me it was was japanese culture and how big it was in hawaii but at the same time how different it was for me to be experiencing that you know and, and how much i really appreciated that kind of culture and stuff and really just accepted and loved all of it uh, through and through so yeah but it all kind of comes together i guess you know um yeah, it's kind of ironic though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, that's kind of how it works. But that's cool. Like, um, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But you're men- you're going to mention another place that you like to to eat out in New York. Uh, taking note. <laughs> out there. Also, another <laughs> Asian place, a Malaysian restaurant in um, Chinatown called Nyonya. Um, they do this amazing uh, Hainanese chicken rice. Have you ever had it? Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's like my one of my favorite dishes. Yeah, it's hearty. It's good food. Yeah. It's like super tasty when it's done right too. Yeah. That's that's awesome. Do you end up cooking a lot in when you're out there? Or you probably not, huh? Oh well, actually I do cook. I do the meal delivery thing where they box you up ingredients around. Oh, like a blue apron or something? Yeah, I do sun basket. So that's Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's called Sun Basket. Yeah. It's his oh. competitor. Oh, okay. That's cool. I, I've, I have a couple of friends that do it and they're all about it. I really need to try it. I'm so, I don't know, like I even have the same problem with like music too. I'm like, I'll just pick all my own music, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and even with the, with, with, with the food, I'm like, I'll just pick all my own food stuff. So yeah, I'm so particular, but I, I do like the idea of just being like, okay, give me my stuff and I'll cook it. That's cool. It just kind of removes a lot of that randomness from it. We just recently got this cookbook from a relative of ours and I love it. It's a um, naked chef or something. I can't remember, but it's like, I didn't even realize it. it's all vegan food and it's, it's really funny. Like it's really entertaining the way that they wrote it. It's like a lot of curse words and like, yeah. So then you get the fucking flour and put it in there and mix <laughs> it until you feels good. And like, it's like, so when you're reading the, the recipe, you're like, what the hell? But it's, it's really fun and it's, it's really uh, healthy food. Highly recommend it. I love cooking. So it's really, I wish I could think of the name. I'll try to think of it, guys, and post it up for you, for y'all. But let's see. There we go. Uh, bam. Um, so, okay. Well, um, another question or thing I wanted to dive in with you is what you find about being creative that's the most fulfilling part of it for you? Uh, oh, that's a good question. I would say for me is like, figuring out the puzzle if that makes sense like when you get a brief and there's so many different pieces and you kind of have to piece it together to a concept forming that concept it's like you know figuring out a puzzle and I really love that problem solving and then to see that concept come to life in whatever way that um I envisioned and yeah it's like super fulfilling to me to see what basically was an idea come into fruition. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's like also one of my, the scariest parts for me, (laughs) (laughs) but I do appreciate that. And and that's cool that you appreciate that puzzle because like, um, when we talk about the, the, um, semi-permanent titles that you recently did and how you documented it, it's cool because you can definitely see uh, like a further into it. And this is the world that I live in. So when I was watching your, your process, I was like, yep, yes, yes, uh-huh, yes, this happens. Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, but for those that don't know, you should definitely check it out. There'll be links to, to this project as we speak about it. But on the podcast page, 
Um, but that, I mean, you could see the puzzle, right? Like you can kind of, you're getting inspired by things and then you're combining different things and cross pollinating things, which is really cool. Um, and I just, I, it's, it's, it's all a puzzle, right? And you're just trying to solve it. Do you find that, because in positions like that, semi-permanent, from what I understand, they reach out to you and they, they kind of just say, can you make a title? And obviously you say yes. And then you, they give you freedom to make your thing, right? Yeah. Well, actually, I, so reached, out, I reached out to them. So Okay. Yeah. Well, good for you. Being proactive. Yeah. That's, cool. um, that's, that's good. That's actually been my biggest lesson um, moving to New York is just it never hurts to send out that email. And yes, uh, most of the time people respond and people are really, really nice about it. So I- you are American now. <laughs> Proactive. Yeah. So I sent, <laughs> I sent an email to Murray who runs Stony Permanent. I got his email through a friend who was a speaker. Um, and I honestly didn't really think that he would respond because I know that he's a really busy guy. Um, yeah. And it took him a few weeks. But when he did, it was more than I could ever imagine because he was like basically, oh, we have Framestore doing it this year. Well, why not do next year? <laughs> and I was like, holy crap. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's a win-win for a person like himself, right? He gets to have these amazing talents from all around the world represent themselves, showcase his thing. And at the same time, like it's like a win-win all around, really. Well, I actually know. didn't know there was a little backstory on why he – um, offered the titles to me. So apparently, uh, I found this out through all these interviews that I had to do for the behind the scenes videos. And, um, Murray said that he's, he's, he believes a lot in signs. And, uh, when he was trying to find a title designer for this year, he kind of asked, uh, a couple of people who, if they would recommend anyone. And he told me that apparently Pat and Raul, uh, mentioned my name and, and awesome. he uh, was doing more research online and then found a couple of my uh, past works online. And then not long after, I had emailed him. So it was like three things, three signs, to, um, all, all in succession that um, kind of solidified in his mind to kind of offer it to me. So it was like really, cool. really awesome thing to find out while I was doing it. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And that's cool, like to be in, in the good graces of guys and people at that level too. Cause it's, I mean, that's a, it takes a lot, I think, you know, and to have them recommend you too, it just means a lot, you know, yeah. which is good. Yeah, it really did. And I, I still smile about it to this day. <laughs> good for you. Yeah. That's awesome. As you should, you know, it's a beautiful piece and it's cool. It's, it's cool seeing the documentation of it too. Cause I, th- I remember when Philippe did his, this is a new thing. I think this interview process, I think they did an interview thing with him as well. Um, when he did his, cause didn't he do one? I think he did one. Yeah, right? he did. I can't keep up. He had a really beautiful black and white piece with the, the head, um, man, so what was his name? Narrating it. He's a musician, but uh, really awesome. That was a beautiful piece that he did, but they documented the journey with it as well, which I think is quite interesting. Is this something that was new for you to kind of also document the process as you're going through it as well? Yeah. Um, it was definitely more than I'd bargained for because <laughs> I thought I could yeah. just do the titles. And then they were like, hey, and then we're going to do all these videos on you. I was like, holy crap. <laughs> it was a thing. Yeah. It was a very awesome opportunity. 
probably a little annoying at the time, but at the same time, <laughs> looking back, you're probably like, okay, I'm glad I did it because it's like a, a journey, yeah. like a journey diary, I guess. Right? Yeah. Well, they had, uh, they got a production company to do it. So I was mainly just the face of it. Um, and then a, a very talented director um, did put it all together. That's very cool. That's awesome. Where are some key takeaways that you had from this, this piece? Because this is, I think, if I'm right, this is your latest work, right? The latest work that you've released to the, mm-hmm. to the world. I'm sure you're working on multiple things that aren't. That's another funny thing about this industry is like you might have worked on this and it was like, yeah, it was two years ago. and then yeah. <laughs> But now it's out now. So, but I'm on to like 40 different things. Yeah. So. Um, but this is like um, your latest kind of public release project, right? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. So I've, I learned a lot through Sony Permanent. Um, and I would, I would say one of my main things is obviously don't be shy to reach out to people because you never know what, what might happen. Um, and the second thing I learned is to really, uh, when you're anxious about something, because I was feeling very, I was like, I, I had to figure out a lot of things on the fly, <laughs> so to speak. So um, for me, it, that was kind of making me really anxious, not knowing how to put all these different uh, pieces together because I had to work mm-hmm. with so many collaborators. So uh, was that a part of the? Was that part of the the whole thing that you had to work with everybody, all these different yeah. types of people, or was that a choice? No, it was part of the brief. So. Um, Ah, yeah, Mari wanted this to be like a really big collaboration from the get go. So Mm -hmm. that's tough too. Cause especially if you're not used to that. Yeah. (laughs) And dealing with all that. And also just having to, um, come up with a direction that would, you know, allow people enough freedom, but not a lot of freedom, so to speak. Yeah. So that was, that was a difficulty, um, a challenge. but. I can't, the biggest takeaway from semi-permanent is, you know, when you feel anxious about something is normally because you actually really, really care about what you're doing. And so actually don't shy away from being that feeling and kind of lean into it as well. It is through, and also it's through taking risks and um, being challenged in, in this way that, you know, I allowed myself to learn and to grow and to, um, you know, become a better director and a designer as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Those are all like the big staples and it all makes sense too. Cause yeah, all those things, they really equate to like a really unique and special experience. So it's awesome. Yeah. Super cool. And the best thing out of yeah. the whole experience is just have like being able to kind of form this amazing team. And I feel like that's like a, such a rare opportunity where someone like it's part of the brief that you get to pick whoever you want <laughs> to yeah. this project with you. And I like picked uh, all these, all these amazing designers who I, I've followed for a while. I really admired and, you know, most of them were very, very generous with their time and, um, I learn a lot from them as well. Yeah, I'm sure working with like Nydia Diaz is really great too. Yeah. And she's such a powerhouse. She has such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to working in these different like styles and different types of things too. That's cool. Yeah. And also the nicest person. Everyone, everyone's just. Yeah. She's incredibly yeah. nice. I had a chance to meet her back in like London, I think. 
yeah, like a speaking conference. She was awesome. Super cool. Yeah. It's good people. And that's really cool. And being able to make new friends and like making work with new people is, it's like never ending. So, so fun. Yeah. Do you find that you're able to, to, um, navigate the work-life balance pretty well or do you do you struggle with that and do you work a lot or do you like how does it work for you yeah that's always like a, a tough a tough line to tread um I think the biggest thing for me is just knowing just having a hard cutoff time um I tend to work better if I know um exactly how, how long I'm like I want to work for um, and then allowing myself actually like blocking time out for myself. Um, that's not to do with work. Uh, hmm. even though it is hard for me because like I, it doesn't necessarily mean I switch off in my mind. <laughs> I continue to think about work a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you like the puzzle yeah. part, that, that's the one that consumes the most brain time. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like, um, you know, actually stepping away from the computer and then having a, having a, a break allows me to solve that puzzle better as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because it kind of allows your brain to kind of rest. So when you come back at it, you can hit it really hard. Yeah. But that's good that you send day. So what's your, what's your average day like then? Do you, are you a morning person, a night person? I'm, I'm definitely a night person right now. (laughs) Um, But when I was working on semi permanent, the natural hours of my productivity were like 3 p.m. to 2 a.m. It was, yeah, really, really yeah. switched. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's a bit different. I'm working until like six or seven in the morning now. It's really oh bad. wow! <laughs> I need to shift it. My whole everything shifted on unhealthily. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, usually it shifts based on like the project, right, or who you're working with, or what time zone they're yeah. in, and how effective that is. That's a that's kind of one of the downsides, but. Cause like, I think when you do this kind of stuff and if you're freelancing, it's like, you're, you don't have, it's not like a nine to five kind of thing. You don't just get to sign out. It's like, it's done when it's yeah. done and that's pretty much it. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But it's hard, it's hard to manage that though too. But if you love what you do, which sounds like you do, it's, it's like, it's, it's, you don't mind sitting for hours on end working on something because it's, it's like something that you enjoy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And like, you know what they say, like, you know, work is not supposed to feel like work. Yeah. yeah, it shouldn't if you if you if you've aligned yourself with what it is that you want yeah. to do. What, what's a good day for you? Like, what's a perfect ideal day? A good How's day. that work out for you? I, yeah, like start to end. <laughs> start to end. All right. So a good day for me would be I get to work from home on a project. Um, I get to sleep in a little bit because I'm not a morning person. Um, I, um, would get a coffee, have a little bit of breakfast and then sit down do my emails. Um, and then depending on what, what project I'm working on, it could be a client project. It could be, um, something I'm working from for myself. Um, but it, you know, it, it ranges. It could be, I'm animating one day. It could be art directing something one day. Um, but I tend to, um, be really into it for a couple hours. And then I definitely need a, a break for lunch because <laughs> I get hangry if I don't eat. <laughs> yeah. Same. Yeah. Um, Crazy hangry. And then maybe I'll, um, take a walk or something during lunch and then come back and finish whatever I'm working on. And then hopefully I have time to cook dinner. 
Um, and then I'll probably unwind with a bit of television or something or go meet some friends and yeah, go to bed at like midnight, maybe. Yeah. Awesome. So then that sounds like, and that sounds like uh, an average day. Yeah, it's then, pretty right? average. <laughs> but I, yeah, so that you... I tend to like to uh, take things at my own pace and then I'm, I'm definitely kind of a, an introverted person. So I'm, I'm really good with alone time and actually prefer it. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Same, same for me. I like that. Like, I like those intensive, um, focused times and being able to just really be insular and problem solve in inside, which yeah. is really great too. So that's, yeah. And the more quiet time I can get, the better. That's what, that's one of the things I really had a hard time with working at studios. It's just all the abundance of noise, I guess. Um, which I love that. I love being around other people, but then it's like, it's great if I could shut it off too. <laughs> it's like impossible. And then like sitting in meetings where I'm like, this is a waste of my time. I, I could be doing stuff right now. And now I'm just talking about it, which I guess is okay, but not when I have dead deadlines due and stuff. Your perfect day sounds very similar to mine though. It's kind of a line because it's like, it's really what I hope for as well. And it's like uh, what I've been able to manifest too, which has been great. And the more time, I think one thing I guess I would add is just more time for me at least is like being able to have time to work on my own yeah. stuff or learning. How, what's the ratio for you that of personal work to client work? Oh, I don't know the exact ratio, but... um <laughs> sure. I want exact decimals <laughs> to the hundredth, please. <laughs> um, I would say it's about. Oh, I would say maybe like three quarters client work and one quarter my work. At the moment, okay. anyway. Um, but becoming a freelancer has definitely really, really helped that ratio. Um, and sure. I hope to keep upping my personal work um, higher. Hmm. Um, but I find it really challenging to do my own work, to be honest. What is it that's challenging for you? To be, the time? Not the time, but like the, uh, because I'm my own client, I don't, I can't crap, crack the whip, so to speak, on myself. <laughs> sure. Yeah. There, you have to put structure in yeah. there. Yeah. To put deadlines and due dates, you'd basically have to treat it just like a client. Totally, but I'm I'm soft on myself. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> As all artists yeah. are, right? Because that's just part of how it works. Now, I, I totally. Um, I remember when I first started doing this. I there was a lot of failures when I would do my first personal projects. It was like I would say, "Oh, I'm gonna do this, I do that," and and still have that problem. But once I started to really sh make a structure for it, it really changed it. Where I'd like make make a Google spreadsheet and due dates and and all this to put in the Google calendar. And then once I had all those things kind of integrated into my system, I'm like, okay, this is all getting done because it's like, I have a structure yeah. to, to say that I have to be accountable for my own actions. Yeah. yeah. yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. Something I, that kind of helps. Maybe that would help. That's something I really admire about you. The amount of personal work that you can't like create. Mm, thank you. Yeah. There's a, I try to put out as much as possible. My goal is always to release like, two to three um, short films a year and then maybe more and then just a ton of other little things here and there, but it all varies. Just depends on like how interested and you can be on certain things too. And then how ambitious yeah. I always forget like how there's probably a common trait and I'm sure you experience this as well as like how um, 
So like the last one I did with my buddy, Mike was that released one is the Kira tribute. And I was like, man, who would have thought a minute would take a year <laughs> to make? It's like, it's, but that did though, worth it. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> it was all condensed. It was the whole time we were just laughing at each other. Like we're so stupid. And like, why are we doing this? It's killing us. <laughs> But it's it. I mean, it it is, and it's one of those things that all adds up eventually. And um, it's cool. Like it's nice to look back at it, right? You go, okay, good. But we, yeah, we had we. I mean, another thing I think works with personal projects is I usually try to team up with somebody that I really appreciate or admire, and it makes me accountable. Because if I did it by myself, I'd be like, yeah, I'll do it tomorrow yeah. or whatever. I I don't take myself like you said. I, I mean, at least for me, I don't take myself as seriously as a client or if I have yeah. somebody like that's accountable. Yeah. But I also know, and this is something I know that you're probably very aware of, is that when you do your personal projects, the best work comes out of you. Mm -hmm. And the best work that comes out of you is the one that you want to get to acquire new clients, you know? So it's like, because that's the basic formula for me is you make something really special on your own time and you release it to the world. And then brands and companies and people that have the money, they go, hey, I like that. Can you put that on my brand and I'll pay you X? And you're like, okay. And then the art prostitution begins and you create that cycle of cycle of pain. Yeah, <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, but I think like your best work obviously comes out when it's the most pure, yeah. but it's, again, it's really difficult to do that. Do you find that you fuse in your own personal, I mean, obviously when you're doing work, you're, you're infusing your own personal outlook and stuff on things. But do you find that when you're working on client work that you try to put as much of yourself in it as possible? Um, it depends on the, on the job, I think for me. Sure. Um, I actually think one of my strengths is to, um, do something that is in line with the client because I don't really have what you would say, like a distinct style. Like I think, um, that is actually, oh, well, it actually took me a long time to actually see that as a, as a strength because, you know, from, what, what people tell you when you finish school is like you have to find your style and think, stick with it. And for the longest time, I felt like I was kind of lost because I didn't have that style. But sure. now I find I see that as a strength because I can create something that resonates with my specific project or my specific audience or my client. Um, so I'm, I'm flexible in that regard. Hmm. Yeah. It's a cool way to look at it, though. That's good. It's a positive way to look at yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, because it means you're malleable, which is good as well, too. And that's a strength. Yeah, because yeah, I always felt like um, when I was growing up, I would always look at like artists who were like unrelenting and incredibly stubborn. And those were like my mm -hmm. idols, musicians or artists, you know. But there is also something to be said about somebody who's able to navigate and, and maneuver and, and manage um, different kind of different styles and stuff. And that is a style itself, I guess, right? Which is really quite unique. Yeah. Do you, see, that's interesting. You brought up the point of style, and you so you feel like you don't have a style. I would say I don't have a distinct style, like a, a one that you would say, you know, a specific visual aesthetic. Um, I definitely know what I like and don't like, and what I like tend to gravitate towards. And I feel like I definitely like a more darker vibe and more of the dark colors and things like that. But yeah, I don't think I. I wouldn't say that I have a. A, like a style do you think that it's something that you're going to eventually run into through time or are you just 
I, I like how you've kind of go, you know, it is what it is and you're just going to keep working and possibly it'll come. Is that how you approach at it now? Yeah, that's definitely how I see it now. Like I used to like think it was a bad thing not to, ha- not to have this. Um, but I feel like it'll probably develop as time goes on, I think. Sure. Yeah, as it does. I mean, that's kind of how style is. It just, you kind of whittle down your taste and everything. And then I guess it just kind of derives, you eventually get there. Yeah. But but I think that's also really kind of scary because <laughs> then you just become that thing, you know, that person with that style. And then, and then it becomes a trend. And then that becomes very scary because then the tr- trends never last. And then you become something that never lasts <laughs> if you're not careful. Which is very scary, right? Yeah. I was just think I was just watching um that new movie Bohemian Rhapsody about Queen. Oh yeah. We no, I yet. haven't. Isn't it good? Well, I, I mean Queen is is probably one of my favorite bands in that genre. It's like they're so good and um it's kind of like a Hallmark movie in the best of sense. I'm not saying that to 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 diminish its quality and stuff, because um, because they don't dive super deep into certain things, but I'm, I was totally fine with that. But, um, what I was going to get at is that queen as a, as a group of musicians that made really incredible music is that they kind of adjusted and cause you've got to think about the span of music that they were making. They were making music back when like Led Zeppelin was really big and then disco hit. And so they were, they shifted and moved. And so they figured out ways of having the queen style, but then, shifting into like another one bites the dust or like we will rock you or you know all these different types of tunes because like i think killer queen was one of their first big hits and then bohemian rhapsody and all that stuff Mm -hmm. but what i'm saying is that they were so powerful they were they're powerful enough to match the trends but shift them to their own liking which is really cool and that was a big takeaway i found from watching their movie as a whole because i was like wow that's really quite a unique trait to be able to navigate the trends yet be one of the greatest bands of all time yet not but not making the same song you know what i mean like it's it's different but it's good but i would highly recommend it to anybody especially if you like queen's music which if you don't like queen's music i don't know who you are (laughs) why you're what's your problem but you should so (laughs) yeah it it actually made me cry three times which is weird it's very weird but it made me cry in a way where it wasn't like a sad cry. Well, part of it was because he died and it was really, you know, it's very sad because he's such a beautiful person and incredible talent. So that was really, but it, their music moved me so much and hearing it so loud, it was like, yeah, it's so good. <laughs> and I never, I very rarely cry at the movie. So that was like, it was cool. I, I love that. And I love taking that ride. It's really cool. But yeah, I'd highly recommend it. So if you get a chance, you should check it out. And it's cool to see in the theater because it's really loud. Cool. Yeah. So I'll it's almost this. like seeing them in concert. Yeah. I don't know if you like them or not, but yeah, that's it's a highly recommended. And it's also just, again, as an artist from one artist to the next to see brilliance unfolding and stuff. And literally you're seeing a master group working together and as a team. And their music individually wasn't as strong as their music together, which is really cool too. So another testament to teamwork and how important it is too. Totally. What's a dream project for you? If you could put your finger on it and say, this is the most important project or this is the most iconic project I could work on. What would that oh. be? Oh, <laughs> I, that's a, that's a really hard question. 
Um, I would. Yeah. Really, Have you thought about it? I would really love to do like a title sequence for like Wes Anderson or something. Mm. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Something like really, really that like a, cool. a director who's very um, design focused. He is yeah. incredibly design yeah. focused. Did you watch his? Uh, I, I love did. Dogs I loved it. How great yeah. is that? It's so unique. So I was. I watched it on the. I watched it on the plane. I was in travel and I watched it again back at home and I was like, wow, this is so unique. Like, I love that there's directors like him and there's people that support directors yeah. like him because it's, it couldn't be further from anything else. Yeah. yeah. And so much so, craft as well. Oh, oh yeah. La- la- layers oh. of it. It's like, it's the same. I feel the same with Leica films too. It's like, wow, you guys are yeah. amazing and you really care about everything. I, I'm always in awe of like any stop motion animation. It's just so amazing so working with him huh so you're gonna manifest <laughs> she just eats him email. email apparently yeah. i should just follow my own advice <laughs> yeah yeah i mean what, what do you got yeah. to lose right i mean yeah and that's and that's honestly how kind of how it works too i reached recently reached out to a hero of mine and and now i am like friends with him and i'm just this is like the craziest thing and i'm like working and doing things yeah. and it's just I think it's, there's so much to be said about just, you know what, it's okay to fail and just go out there and, and ask, you know, and because you got to think about these people, they're incredibly busy and they're not going to think of you. So not because they don't want to, it's just because literally there's only 24 hours in the day and they are completely packed with other things. But yeah, I think the, but the, the cool thing about Wes Anderson, these people that have that kind of level is that they're always looking because they're smart. They're always looking for people with talent to work with because they can work with them and, you know, showcase the work together, which is really cool. Yeah. So email him and let me know. <laughs> <laughs> I have to find his email Next. first. <laughs> uh, it's, I'm sure it's somewhere in the Googles. Just start just like, just like air dropping, like random. So like, Wes Anderson at <laughs> gmail.com, you know, <laughs> I bet it's one of those. Sure. It's ironic too. Cause when I find people's emails, I'm like, Oh, I could have totally guessed yeah. the email and, <laughs> but it's, it's yeah, but it kind of, it all works out. And when you think of somebody that inspires you to do today, um, who comes to mind? Um, a lot of people, a lot of people come to mind. Uh, I would say a big one for me is NASA. I know it's not a person, <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking about NASA Anderson. <laughs> okay. I'm just joking. I, there's not a, it's not a person who's making it up. Maybe it is. I Could don't be. know. Um, um, just, I'm very inspired by what NASA does in, in terms of the imagery that they create, the, the science that they go after, um, this, like the, them, mission just to explore the universe is just amazing and i'm always really deeply inspired by um what what they discover in general and pretty amazing um in terms of like contemporary artists i'm inspired by a artist named jeremy Giddes. have you heard of him oh yeah of course his his work he's a big inspiration yeah obviously ro loves him too (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Semi-permanent. <laughs> now he was very transparent about being inspired by his work too. But yeah. He's a big inspiration for CG artists, I think, because he's a very he like blends a line between it. 
those two worlds, yeah. you know? Yeah. Really, really. Um, I mean, he doesn't do CGI work at all, obviously, but his lighting and his, the mood and tone and the, and the, 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 the quality of the reality that he captures is really amazing. Yeah. The visual ideas that he comes up for his paintings are like really, really unique as well. They're very narrative, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is really great. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. I'm also inspired Ooh. by, um, uh, an artist named Alicia Kowadi. Um, How do you spell her last name? K-W-A-D-E. She does these like amazing large scale sculptural pieces that involves a lot of like natural um, materials. Ooh, cool. Never seen this. Yeah. She's really That's cool. awesome. And her first name is Alicia. A-L-I-C-J-A. L-I-C-I-A, I think. Yeah. All right. No, it's an interesting spelling. Alicia. A L. I mean, Google's telling me A L I C J A K W A D E last name. We'll have a link, but okay. yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. It's super cool. Like installational art too. Are you interested in that part of art as well? Uh, yeah, definitely. I feel like because um, a lot of my work is very, it well, it's always lives on a screen. I'm always in awe of people who, who are, um, create creating art that are living in the real world, you know? Yeah. I find it fascinating. It either hits me or I hate it. Either, <laughs> I'm, either I'm like, that's awesome. Or I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah. But I mean, that's just me. And that's the beauty of that art form too. It's like totally interpreted or not at all, which is interesting, but yeah. Uh, it's, it's, I guess this is, I don't really know. I guess this is considered modern art. Yeah. Or yeah. Modern, I would say so. Yeah. Contemporary. I guess so. Yeah. Contemporary. Yeah. Modern art. Yeah. It's cool though. Definitely interesting. And that is true. I feel the same too. I'm like, oh, wow. It's cool. It's like living in the real world. That's nice. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like you don't even have to do render times and it's real time. That's cool. Yeah. Good for you. Yes. You don't have to put on some bullshit glasses to like see it too. It's great. <laughs> Good for you. That's cool. Anybody else come to mind? Um, uh, just the classical great Rodan. Yeah. So you know this for the same reason I love uh, Alicia's work. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, what's your What's your approach like for your creative process? My, like when you're doing your problem solving and all that kind of stuff, do you have a, a structure that you kind of work within? Do you work with like, like, so for example, I use like MindNode and drawing in my sketchbook and I build thumbnails and build style frames from there and all that kind of stuff. That's kind of like the scaffolding to my process. I, uh, I do a lot of research. I would like do a deep dive on whatever I'm um, concepting for anything about it. I, I like to um, do like a brain dump of like just writing down anything that comes to mind from the research. And typically I kind of from that really see the like uh, recurring things that come up or I see like a, a thread that weaves through all these like random ideas. Um, and that's kind of where like the, the very first concept kind of forms um in terms of like tools i use pinterest a lot actually hmm. i love yeah. this yeah <laughs> it's a pretty powerful tool huh yeah i used to i used to really avoid it i'm like ah oh, because everybody's on there i'm like ah oh. 
but it's actually really good. And it's gotten a lot better too, because of how much, how many people are using it and how bright it's become yeah. as a resource. I guess the danger thing is like, you know, you, you don't know how often they keep bringing up this, this same, I don't, well, I don't know how the algorithm works, but hopefully it's not more, it's not like an echo chamber of like people just looking at the same things. <laughs> I think it is though. That was my fear. Honestly, to be completely transparent, I think it's true because like easy. So like I'll see stuff on Pinterest and then like months later I go, Oh, so everybody saw the same thing. And then <laughs> there and it's like all in Vimeo. So it goes yeah. like, it goes from Pinterest and then like through a blender and then boom onto Vimeo. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's good to do deep research too. That's one thing I kind of miss. I dive into a little too fast and I, mm. I lack the discipline to do that, but that's good that you do that too. Cause it kind of fills your brain with all those, all that information. You know, so that, that's another interesting part of your process. So like, instead of going in completely blank, you, you fill it all up and then you pull from that. Yeah. I really, really like to be like really, really educated on like whatever I'm doing. That's good. Yeah. I guess it I means nothing wrong with that. It's like knowledge is power. So it gives you more power as you're going through the experience Yeah, kind of calling on things and, having random abundance of, of things, it really helps. And a wealth of knowledge is never a bad thing, I think. So, um, that's awesome. Do you find that, so you use Pinterest as a tool programs that you use, what are some of your favorite programs? Uh, I'm a, a, just a typical Adobe user <laughs> to be yeah. like, really like boring. Powerful, <laughs> the Adobe suite is insane. It's huge. Yeah. They had like 40 programs or something like that. <laughs> really? It's crazy. Holy crap. I don't know. Something like that. Let me see how many, how many programs. How many? That's many, a lot. Yeah. Programs does Adobe have? It's got to be a lot. So, do, 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 do. Uh, do, do. It looks like 16. 16. No, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So eight times four. Shit, I need my calculator. <laughs> I'm looking at the, and I don't know if this is the most accurate thing. So eight times four equals, so 32 freaking programs. Wow. Is, uh, yeah. That's yeah, huge. I definitely don't use all of it. <laughs> and I don't use all. Yeah, exactly. So you're, you're probably using like Photoshop, obviously. Um, After, After Effects. Illustrator. Yeah. Illustrator. Much. Yeah. Those three. Those are the three. How about InDesign? Do you use that much? Hello. Here and there. I hate, I hate InDesign. I want, to, I want to punch InDesign in the face and <laughs> use it. It's got some weird legacy like stuff in it from like the old days. And it's like it doesn't connect with with After Effects or not with After Effects, but with like the, the hotkeys and stuff. They drive me nuts. <laughs> it's very frustrating. But how about Lightroom? You use Lightroom much? No, I don't. No. Do, do you do? Are you into photography much? No, I wish I was better at it, to be honest. Yeah. But, a um, camera. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just one of those things where I know that it's probably not going to be a strength of mine. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't have confidence in it. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm always just, I don't know. I'm more of a designer, I think, creating okay. something from nothing. Oh man, I used to say that too, and then I was like, "Oh wow, photography is amazing! I love it. It's great." So you should, you should. So I, I got, I got to introduce you to Taurus, and then you got to hang out with him. He'll get you into it. All right, all right. Because I think another thing that you'll probably appreciate is, is um, the city in which you live in is incredibly cinematic and beautiful. Yeah, as you know, I'm sure because you walk around all the time. Um, and then, like, if you just have a camera, you're just like, boom, and you can just capture it, and then 
the cool thing I like about it as a designer as well is that being able to go, okay, now I have this really beautiful photo. Then you, you take that photo into the next realm, which is like, okay, now put typography and start mess with the design. And then, then you can really see that, that blossom within guys like Danny Yacht, you know, when you see like, cause he's a photographer as well. And like his love of it. And you see that in Tauros's work too. Yeah. I don't know. I think you'd really, really love it. And you live in like, so I don't have, I don't have that privilege of living in a city that's that beautiful. I'd probably be outside all the time <laughs> and like taking, because there's, man, the light there is insane. And like the fog that comes from the vents and like the weather you guys get so ridiculous. It's basically sunny a hundred times, a hundred percent here. So hey, that sounds really nice. It was just, it is nice. Today. It's nice to live here. It's yeah. incredibly nice to live here, but I'm, I'm bitching about it not being photographic. So uh, it's, it's got its moments, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe you'd appreciate, I don't know, but I think if you get the chance to hang out with Tauros, he'd probably show you like some really cool stuff because he's right. really into photography as well. So he'll be my new best friend. I, yeah. And I think <laughs> it's like, yeah, because also if you like walking too, it's like the thing I love about photography is it gets me out and it also gets me to experience things and I'm able to see the world differently, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You'll know what I mean once you get into it, if you do. But yeah, it's really it's a cool thing. Sorry. I'm like, oh, photography. Oh. <laughs> I just, I love it. And and I try to get people into it because it's so cool. And it's such like, I think it's so good for designers to be into photography as well, because it's just, it's all there. You're just capturing it and then putting it together, which is so cool too. Yeah. Um, do you get into reading much? Yeah, I try to. I, it's like a definite goal of mine to read more for sure. Yeah. Do you do Audible or do you read physical books? Uh, I do a bit of both. Um, and then I also have a ki- like a read off a Kindle as well. That's cool. And I, I saw you mentioned you're a bit of like a sci-fi person. So do you do, are you into like reading sci-fi stuff or what's the, where do you usually read? And is there any books that you read recently that you liked? Um, right now I'm, I'm actually really into like crime uh, novels. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah? you know, murder mysteries kind of thing. <laughs> I love those too. Yeah. yeah. I'm, so like, I'm hooked on this, on the, on the podcast. So have you done the podcast? Yeah. Like serial podcast and stuff. Yeah. I watched um, so Betty John recently. That was really good. Wait, which one is this? Cause I need to listen to it. I'm a hooked Dirty on John. <laughs> what is it? Dirty John. Dirty John. Okay. Yeah. okay. Was- what other, what other ones? Give me, I need them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you do Atlanta Monster. Have you done that one? No, I haven't. Is that oh, one? That good? one's really good. All right. Do that one. All right. Okay. Dirty John. What else? Uh, uh, right now I'm reading a book called A Criminal Defense. That, that it's good so far. It's like a okay. uh, courtroom drama. Criminal Defense. A Criminal Defense by uh, who's it by? William Myers. William Myers. Okay. Uh, how about podcasts podcasts i don't i don't have any at the moment (laughs) damn it yeah you should check out so atlanta monster um uh there that one's really good my buddy who who did the music for it and it's incredible makeup and vanity set is is his uh name but that one's really good and then they did another one called up and vanished which is really really good so I highly let me know because I think you'd love both of those if you're into this stuff there. It's like, oh, and it's so fucked and it gets like dark and weird. And it's just, yeah, it's a trip. It's a gnarly world for women out there. I mean, damn, I was raised by a woman. I'm married and I have a daughter. So I'm like surrounded by women. I'm like, dude, you guys are on a whole different level. 
I could walk around and do whatever. I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's like when I listen to these, it's always like violence towards women. I feel so bad. It's like, sheesh, it's gnarly. <laughs> but the Atlanta, Atlanta monster actually was young kids, often young boys in Atlanta, young like black kids, young black boys were getting killed. And there was like 50 of them or something, some serial killer. It was crazy. It's a real event, which is really gnarly too. It's really dark stuff, but at the same time, it's very like provocative for the mind. And and it, since it's audible, I love it because it gets your brain racing. You're like, you're basically sewing it all together visually because we're visual people. So we're kind of like putting it all together. Like, yeah. hmm. It's yeah, it's a trip. It's really well done, incredibly well produced and stuff. Those are two really good ones. Also, okay, that's on my list. More dark stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where where do you want your career to go? Where where is it going? Where are you heading towards? Do you have any goals? Do you build out goals? How does that all work? I don't really have. I don't ever like set myself a goal. Um, I kind of just let things develop as they may. Although I'm, I am trying to lean into directing more projects, um, and becoming, uh, yeah, being more of a director in that sense. Um, mm-hmm. so hopefully I'll get more opportunities where I get to, to do that. Awesome. It sounds, I mean, cause when I look at your work and on your site, you've done a great job of showcasing cause I'm, I know you do a lot more work, but you showcase the ones that you're trying to get more of, I would imagine. Right. Yeah. So you design that situation as well, which is really smart to do. Um, but I imagine that's probably, you know, it's, it's, it's like, you're putting it out there, just like you sent the email out for the semi-permanent, you're putting <laughs> it out there, manifesting it, you know? So yeah, it's really good. It's important to be cognizant of that too. Cause at the end of the day, if you really think about who we are and what we are as creatives, it's like we're manifestors. So, and you have to be able to manifest it within yourself and really think about that. Yeah. Is there a lesson? Um, usually like to, to wrap the podcast up with this, this topic of, lessons learned and something for because people that are listening to this podcast are often people that are in transition or Mm -hmm. they're starting out or they they need a bit of influence or they need some inspiration um and for somebody like yourself you know coming up in the industry um is there something that um like a lesson that you learned that you wish you had known prior or something that you could pass on to somebody that you think might help yeah i would say the big one for me is uh, not to get too down on myself when I make mistakes. Cause, um, in the past I've always kind of thought whenever I made a mistake or I failed in some way, it was like the end of the world. And it was going to like either (laughs) bring down my career or, you know, no, whatever work with me. I was very like dramatic in that sense. Um, and so I would tell my past self or whoever, um, it is just to, not to, not to freak out. I mean, everyone makes mistakes and everyone goes through the same kind of struggles that we all go through as creatives and it's not never the end of the world. Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah. Just keeping yourself emotionally in check and yeah, managing your expectations, I guess, of your emotions. Yeah. But it's good to, that just shows that you love it though. That's another thing I would say. So it shows that you do care, but not being too hard on yourself helps because then you can just get on with it and move forward. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's great. That's great advice. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. Oh, thank you for having me. And there you have it, everyone. Big thank yous to Joyce for coming on the show and sharing her time with us this week. You can find links to the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectivepodcast.com slash 193, along with links to our Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes podcast page. Have an amazing day, everyone. Go out there, be powerful, be prolific. Peace out, everyone.